Bodies are interesting things. When we're healthy, we take them for granted. Without giving too much thought to the many diverse and intricate systems within us that somehow work in a coordinated fashion to keep us alive and growing and thriving. Without any conscious effort on our part, our heart pumps blood through our body. Our lungs oxygenate our blood. Our digestive tract breaks down our food to fuel all our systems, and I could go on and on. And our brain coordinates it all. It is really quite an amazing and marvelous process that we don't too often think about until something goes wrong. Well, this image of the body, the human body, predominates our text from Ephesians 4 this morning. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the faith communities in his care, uses this image of the body to help them understand who they are in Christ and how they are to function together. Now, functioning well together apparently didn't come as naturally for all these faith communities as it generally does for our bodies, and understandably so. These faith communities were comprised of widely diverse Gentiles, new believers, people who were brand new to the faith, who had very different values and practices and ways of being than their Jewish brothers and sisters who were the original followers of Jesus. And even among themselves, among this Gentile group, they represented a wide variety of social classes from wealthy merchants to slaves, all worshiping and breaking bread together and caring for each other. Any differences that we have among us today in the church pale in comparison to this huge diversity and the ensuing challenges that this early church was facing. Now the good news, and Paul in chapters 1 through three, uh, through 3 of Ephesians talks about this good news. The good news is that through Jesus, God has broken down the dividing wall between groups of people and has brought them into one body, the body of Christ. The challenging part is this. Now they are to live as if it is so. It's into this challenging situation that Paul speaks in this fourth chapter of Ephesians. He begins by calling the people to unity. Because there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. They are one body, whether they realize it or not. This unity is nothing less than a gift from God, purchased at enormous cost. But this gift of unity is also fragile, not to be taken for granted. Kept alive by the Holy Spirit, breathing through God's people as they commit themselves to this body. Make every effort, Paul tells them, to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. But note here, note that as Paul makes this appeal for unity, he does not demand 
conformity. He goes on to talk about the diversity of the body, the differences with which God has gifted the body to equip the saints for ministry, to equip this body to pursue its God-given calling. He speaks of this diversity as a gift from God. The question then, in the midst of all this diversity, is what holds all these different parts together? In the midst of this diversity, what keeps the body from fragmenting? What keeps it working and growing together instead of pulling apart in all kinds of different directions? Well, Paul is clear about this. What keeps the body growing and working together is Christ. Christ is the head of the body, the one who orients it and guides it and gives direction to the formation and to the growth and the activity of the entire body. Members of the body are called to align themselves with the head, with this brain that coordinates all the work. They are called to grow up in every way into Christ, who unifies this body and who holds it together. Now, this call to unity in the face of this tremendous, tremendous diversity is a real challenge for the early church. And it's not surprising that it continues to be a challenge for us today as a church. But this morning, instead of focusing on the challenges posed by diversity, I'd like to focus on the gift. Specifically on this Worldwide Communion Sunday, I'd like to reflect on the gift that comes to us through the diversity of the global body of Christ. This morning, we remember that we are a part of a body far bigger than East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church or Lancaster Mennonite Conference, or Mennonite Church USA, or even Mennonite World Conference. We are part of a body membered by over two billion people from many different Christian faith traditions all throughout the world. By people who are worshiping God in many different languages today and serving God in unique ways in their unique contexts. We are truly, truly a diverse body, more diverse than I think any of us can imagine. And in our diversity, each member brings unique and vital gifts to help the body to thrive and to grow up into Christ. This week, I found myself thinking about the many gifts that have been shared with me over the years by brothers and sisters in the body of Christ that inhabit various parts of the world. Gifts that have challenged my faith and given me new ways to see life and to see God. Many of these gifts have been translated into learnings that continue to shape my life here and now. And I'd just like to share a few of those with you this morning, many of which come from Africa. A first gift has been the learning that life is a gift, not to be taken for granted. In our North American culture, it's not uncommon for us to say, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Or today, as you're leaving, I might say, see you next Sunday. 
But you know, we could never, ever get away with saying that to our Angle and refugee friends. Whenever we did, which we did because of habit, our friends, without fail, would quickly correct us. Se Deus quiser. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. After all, you never knew what might happen during the night. You might fall deathly ill. A poisonous snake could make its way into your house. Thieves could attack. These were things that actually did happen to our friends and neighbors while we were living in Zaire. Our friend's constant correction, Sedeosh Kizer, was a powerful reminder to us that we are not as in control of our lives as we often think that we are. Each day that we wake up to new life is a gift. Ultimately, our lives are in God's gracious hands. A second gift was the learning that I am not entitled to have my life turn out just the way I want it to. Well, that's hard to say. I grew up believing that happiness and well-being was something that I was entitled to, that it was something to be expected. That was the norm. When I wasn't happy, when I wasn't well, something was not as it should be. And sometimes I got frustrated about it, and sometimes I still do. And I wondered why God was letting this or that thing happen to me. In contrast, my Angolan refugee friends who had experienced hunger and trauma and very, very deep loss, they weren't angry with God about what they had experienced. We, in fact, talked about that with them. They said that they were grateful. They were grateful that during their trials, God had been with them every step of the way, giving them strength and the courage and the provision that ultimately made it possible for them to make it through all that they were experiencing. Yes, life is hard, but that's life, they would say. Hardship is to be expected. Hardship is the norm. And when happiness and health do enter the scene, well, then that's, that's a bonus, an added blessing. I tell you, I continue to ponder what that means as I encounter hardship and challenges in my own life. A third gift for me was the learning about the true nature of hospitality by continually being on the receiving end of it, which is a very humbling experience. I learned that the stranger is to be treated as an honored guest. The food is meant to be shared, even when it's in short supply. And that there's always, always enough time to stop what you're doing and to welcome an unexpected guest. And when I mean welcome, it's not just come have a seat with me and talk. It's let me feed you. Let me spend lots of time with you. 
Immersed now in our fast-paced North American culture, boy, this kind of hospitality sure feels inconvenient. It is tempting to see guests as intrusions into our busy schedules rather than as blessings to be welcomed and to received. And so I continue to be challenged by the memory of the generous hospitality we received and find myself blessed when I can reciprocate, give back what was so freely shared with me by extending welcome to strangers that happen into my own life. The gifts that I've received from brothers and sisters who live in different parts of the world, who see life and experience it very differently than me, these gifts, I think, for me have been many and profound. Here's one last one from Mama Amelia. And this gift is the learning that in Christ there is no east or west or north or south. In Christ, we truly are part of one great fellowship of love. Mama Amelia, an Angolan refugee woman who became my surrogate mother while we were in Zaire, she helped me receive this gift the day that she convinced a group of Zairean women that I was her biological daughter. The group of women who saw the two of us hanging out together the way mothers and daughters do asked Mama Amelia if I was her daughter. And she said, well, of course. I was married to this Portuguese man once, and this is my offspring. Later, she told the women the truth. We all had a good laugh together. But I was also deeply moved. Mama Amelia had claimed me. She had claimed me as part of her family. And she gave a powerful witness to her faith as she explained to these women, you know what, in Christ, we are all a part of the same family. And that's really what we're here to remember this morning. It's as simple as that what we're here to remember as we come to celebrate Worldwide Communion Sunday, that whoever we are, that wherever we are, whatever language we speak, we are all a part of the same family, the same body, a body with many diverse parts, a body with many diverse gifts, a body that sometimes struggles to know how to hang together. But together we belong because we need each other. Together we belong because we are drawn together by Christ and his reconciling love. Let's affirm our oneness in Christ and in the God who makes it so, as we sing together and sing the journey this morning, number 72.